0: wonderful opportunity as I look over here and he says go. <laughs> we have a wonderful opportunity to hear one from one of Christ's men and he's going to give the split sermon today. I'm sure he has a message that Christ wants him to give to you so be sure you hear the voice of Christ in him and through him. Mr. Ken Martin. three guys waving at me. This isn't just to look good and look important, huh? Well, there you go. So, time for some more back-in-the-day stories from old Cap. Back in 1978, I got on the fire department with Tulsa, uh, started so, actually, I got in the rookie class at the training center. When we went through rookie school, we had regular tests to make sure we were actually learning some of the stuff we were being taught. <clears throat> puts me in, in mind that we, as Christians, are also getting regular tests to find out whether or not we're paying any attention to what God's trying to teach us. Well, when we graduated from that academy, <clears throat> we were given a duty assignment and started our careers, hopefully, as probationary firefighters. I was assigned to Fire Station 2, Ladder 3, on A platoon. Ladder 3 was the only tillered truck we had uh, and that's what where the guy on the back end of the truck s- turns opposite hopefully from the guy in the front <clears throat> I got to do that for a while, that's fun I was bragging one time about how well those work and uh, they are, they're very agile if you have somebody that knows what they're doing at both ends of the truck it took me a while to to get approved, I had, we went to Owen Park over by our station, and I kept running up on the curb, and enough that the captain was getting somewhat ready to call it quits. And I realized that I'm sitting. I was driving it like the wheels were right under me, but the wheels were at an angle about like this. I'm sitting eight foot up off the ground, so that's a fair distance. Once I figured that out, it wasn't a problem. But I was bragging to a guy about how agile they were and that in in uh, California, they're in Chinatown. I'd seen them, you know, they're going through and those are were, those were narrow streets and they're just zipping through there like nothing. Well, he'd also been in Chinatown in San Francisco one time and... They came through on a run, and they knocked a guy right out of his shoes that was standing on the corner. Anyway, but we would serve after we uh, got out of rookie school. We had six months to be ready for the final exam, and if you didn't do well, on that final exam, they were kind enough to tell us a few times about this. If you failed that final exam, you became John Q. Citizen again, walking down the street wondering what happened. So it was, and it was our responsibility to keep up our skills. It wasn't the responsibility of my captain or my driver or the other private that was there. It was my responsibility. For instance, one of the things that we had to practice, that I had to practice at the station, was uh, how to properly carry and, and set a 24-foot extension ladder, tie it off and stuff. And the interesting thing about station two at that point was both the engine and the ladder had 2 men, 24-foot extension ladders. They were wider, heavier. There was still a 24-foot extension ladder, so the length wasn't much different, but the weight was different. And instead of holding it like this, you held it like this. But the good part about that was once I mastered that one, that regular ladder wasn't any problem at all. <clears throat> I'd practice there at the station. I'd go. Out, I'd practice with ropes. Had to figure out how to tie different knots to do different things. You had to you could hoist ladders or uh, actually send things up on the rope, hose, tools, axes, you name it. And if you tied it properly, it worked just like it was supposed to. If you didn't, it could be very bad. <clears throat> but you're supposed to, the, the proper way to carry, you always come to the side of it, pick it up, Say, overhead obstructions, which tells them that you're paying attention because if there's electric lines up there and you contacted, it, it'd be your last day as a firefighter. Um, <clears throat> just different things. Then you set it, slide it over to one side, tie it off so that it wouldn't shift. <clears throat> different things like that, you know. Uh, how to properly take care of fire hose. Just because I was on the ladder truck didn't mean that I could forget about the water part of it. But there's always in the back of your mind, if I don't pay attention here, I'm not going to be a firefighter much longer. So our practice paid off. When we took the exam, everybody passed. So why am I telling you guys about this? I want to talk about the final exam that's coming up for the entire world. One that we may want to brush up for. We need to be careful that we study the right stuff. 2 Timothy 2.15 and 16 says, Work hard so you can present yourself to God and receive his approval. I always like to please my captain and driver and even the other firefighter. Because if I wasn't doing my job right, it was more burden on them. But anyway, be a good worker. One who does not need to be ashamed and one who correctly explains the word of truth. By the way, all of these are, are going to be in uh, the New Living Testament, an version. That'll save us from a lot of trouble, won't it? Avoid worthless, foolish talk that only leads to more godless behavior. There are going to be some people. that we would do better off to avoid, aren't there? <clears throat> so we don't want to give them any credence. We just leave them alone. So we need to have a discerning mind, don't we? How do we get that? By reading what we do need to know, and if it doesn't add up, we can turn and go the other way. It helped our minds as rookie firefighters to know that there was a a certain date that had been established on that day we're going to have final exam. And that helped us to tend to be more focused on our studies. I would go every morning after I got off. When I got off work, it was always morning. We went to work at 0800 and we got off at 0800 the next morning. And then there were two days that we were off. So on that first day, especially since I was downtown close to the training center, I'd always go to the training center and go through the different things that I was going to be tested on, setting the ladders, because I could actually put them in a window and stuff, uh, tying off tools, all of that, uh, help keep it fresh. There's this other test. It's also been set, hasn't it? The thing is, Father God's the only one that knows when that test is coming, when, when it's gonna be done, when everything's gonna come up. Uh, it's easy to forget about, to forget, not about, but to forget scripture if you're not paying attention, if you're not studying it every so often. This stuff can, matter of fact, anything can slip your mind after a while if you're not being refreshed on it, even on simple things. <clears throat> God had a plan when he made us. Let's start in Genesis 1:27 and 28. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God's desire for mankind is really simple. Live by faith and obey his word. Had Adam and Eve done that, we wouldn't be where we are now. But that's gone, that's past, and we're going forward. Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile, everybody that believes. The good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. People who are practicing the horrid lifestyles that we're witnessing in these days and times have turned their backs on God completely. Because of that, He has abandoned them, left them to their own desires, taking away any remembrance of Him from their heart from from their minds. They will be destroyed. 18 through 25, I believe it is, twenty. But God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They, they know the truth about God because he's made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Though Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invid- invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-loving God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. This has become commonplace in places like San Francisco, they have actually stopped enforcing any laws of decency. So they let people do whatever they want to do. In my mind, they've gone past the point of no return. Thankfully, I'm not the final judge. God is. So they still we're still here, right? It's still, while it's still called today. They have the chance to turn back. Picking back up at 26. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged with each other. And the men, instead of having normal relations with women, burned with lust for other men. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning, and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, break their promises, are heartless, and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. That was through 32. But we can't just point fingers at those who have denied God and condemn those who have left off serving him, can we? Oh, it's all you? It's not good. What we must take care to do is examine our own hearts on a regular basis and exercise faith in God by living according to his word because we believe him because we want to live according to what God has said. If we want to, if we have that desire, we're going to do that, aren't we? Listen, listen to what Paul tells us in Romans chapter 2. Give you the range. 1 through, I go a long time, 22. I'm sorry. Keep up with me. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad. This is what Paul is telling us. And you have no excuse. When you say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself. For you who judge others do these very same things. And we know that God, in his justice, will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? And I should change this to when we do the same things. Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? But because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself, for ourselves. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil. For the Jew first and also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. We kind of want to be in that group. For God does not show favoritism. When the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed even though they never had God's written law. And the Jews who do have God's law will be judged by that law when they fail to obey it. For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in his sight. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. This is a message I proclaim. This is again as Paul. That the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. You who call yourself Jews are relying on God's law. And you boast about your special relationship with him. And I could say Christians, couldn't I? And where it says you, I'm I'm going to try to say we. Because that's, that's who he's talking to. We know what he wants, we know what is right, because we have been taught his law. We are convinced that we are a guide for the blind and a light for people who are lost in darkness. We think we can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God. For we are certain that God's law gives us complete knowledge and truth. Well then, if we teach others, why don't we teach ourselves? We tell others not to steal, but do we steal? And I'm not talking about stealing a car or, or uh, shoplifting, or but do we steal from God in tithes or whatever? Do we steal from, there's different ways to steal. We don't want to be doing any of it. You say it's wrong to commit adultery, but do we commit adultery? I realize more and more that we need to be careful about what we watch and read. There's so many things out there that can poison our minds, and we're exposed to it all the time. How many commercials do you see that are not only showing but are are spotlighting um, lifestyles that God condemns? How many movies and TV shows are there that show horrid lifestyles as being okay? What does the scripture say? If you have lustful thoughts about a woman, you're committing adultery in your heart, aren't we? The writers of these shows are putting things in the shows that can poison our minds and our hearts. Satan's trying to make us think that these lifestyles are okay. We need to be vigilant about that. And going back, catch up on 22. You condemn idolatry, or we condemn idolatry, but do we use items stolen from pagan temples? During Bible study, someone was sharing about how he'd come to realize that a piece of art that he had, that he had purchased and put up on his house at the front, was really pagan idolatry. And when he realized that, he was convicted in his heart. And so he took it down. We're so proud about knowing the law, but we dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scriptures say that Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of us. The Jewish ceremony of circumcision has value only if we obey God's law. But if you don't obey God's law, We're no better off than an uncircumcised Gentile. And if the Gentiles obey God's laws, won't God discern them to be his own people? In fact, uncircumcised Gentiles who keep God's laws will condemn you Jews who are circumcised and possess God's law, but don't obey it. And again, I realize that We don't have very many folks here that are actually covered by this, but in our hearts we are. If we've accepted God, if we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we are. For you are not a true Jew just because you were born of Jewish parents or because you've gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No. A true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. And true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. You know, at Pentecost was when the Spirit of God was first widely given to those who believe in God and Jesus. Sometime after that, Peter and some of his men were sent to Caesarea to tell Cornelius, who was a devout Gentile, and his friends, who were all believers of God, about Jesus. While Peter was witnessing to them, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, and they started speaking in tongues. Now, these these people had not been baptized they had not had hands laid on them but they had faith this man had a a good witness to the people around him knew that he believed in God and that he did what was right that is when Peter started or realized that salvation was not limited to the Jews so picking up a Acts 10 44 make sure I haven't Yep, yeah, I'm still there even as Peter was saying these things the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too for they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God And then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized now that they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did? See, God wants us, all of mankind, to obey him and become his children. And to become his begotten children, we must confess and repent of our sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus and have hands laid upon us and be prayed over. And when we do that, God gives us part of his spirit in us as a marker, designating us as his. So, we need to be diligent and truly serve God according to his words, don't we? Whether we are Jew or Gentile, when we become his begotten children, we need to strive to live according to God's word in love, and with the desire to please him. Isn't that the good news? That God truly wants us to be his children and live according to his word? John 3, 16 and 17. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Let's endeavor to be ready and to be looking for his return.